Welcome to the Exam Room Rambles podcast, where veterinarian Dr. Tracy Westergaard shares the same tips, opinions, and explanations she gives you in the exam room, only without barking dogs or hissing cats. We're really glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Exam Room Rambles. I'm your host, Dr. Tracy, and today I am going to talk about noise aversion in dogs. Yeah, I know. Fourth of July was like four days ago, so I am a couple days late and a few dollars short. I had really good intentions of getting this podcast out two weeks before the fourth of July, but we have been so crazy busy. And when I do have a little time off, I want to be doing fun stuff with the kids. So the good news is dogs that suffer from noise aversion. That is not good news. <laughs> okay, the the not good news. The thing, the thing is that dogs that suffer from noise aversion can suffer year round. It's not just firecrackers. It's definitely thunderstorms. And we're predicted to have a thunderstorm today at about six o'clock. So this is going to apply the rest of the summer. Other things that cause issues for dogs is gunfire, shooting sports, whether it's shooting trap 22, deer hunting, bird hunting, it's super common in this area of southwest Minnesota. Another thing that seems kind of silly, but it can be a problem for some dogs, is automobile noises. Sometimes the tractor noises, um, vehicles that backfire, vehicles that don't have good mufflers can all cause anxiety for certain dogs. A silly one that bothers my dog is when my husband chops wood. I have a dog, Mac. He's a 10-year-old Australian Shepherd Blue Heeler Border Collie Cross, and he suffers from noise aversion, and I'll talk about him a little bit in this podcast. So it's estimated that a third of all dogs in the United States suffer from some degree of noise aversion. Now, the term noise aversion sounds like a mild disorder, but it can be really bad. These dogs can have severe, severe noise phobia, severe anxiety to the point where they are self-destructing and hurting themselves. We have definitely see dogs that have broken teeth trying to chew through kennels during fearful situations, dogs that have run out, gotten traffic, gotten hit by cars. I remember my friend's dog in high school jumps out of a second story window when it was panicked about a noise in the house. That dog didn't get hurt, but I'm sure it could happen somewhere. Now, noise aversion can develop at any age. It's not just something that starts in puppyhood and you're stuck with it for life. You can have an eight-year-old dog that's never been fearful of thunderstorms and it all of a sudden pops up. I don't quite remember all the neurotransmitters and the pathophysiology behind it. It has something to do with norepinephrine and kind of a feedback loop that ramps up. So the other thing is noise aversion or noise phobia can actually be a learned behavior. If you have a dog that isn't fearful of those things but spends time with another dog that is fearful, it can take on some of those characteristics. So lots of things that dogs have is a learned behavior. So I should hope that you would know what the signs of fear and anxiety are in a dog, but I'm going to list some of them because this is not a black and white deal. There are many shades of gray, and it could be that your dog has some mild anxiety that you're not tuned into. So I'm going to list off some signs. Pacing, restlessness, trembling, ears laid back, shaking, cowering, panting, Immobility. Some dogs, their coping mechanism is to freeze. Refusing to eat. Neediness. 
yawning I found on a list somewhere. I don't know about that, um, but possibly. Hiding or burrowing, that's another coping mechanism. And my dog, Mac, if he is not in our house, if he happens to be in the garage when he is fearful, he is going to burrow back behind where we keep all of our shoes. Vocalizing, hyper-awareness or hyper-vigilant if your dog is just really alert. Severe anxiety can lead to vomiting and diarrhea. The nervous shits is a real thing. Um, We see it all the time. Dogs that are scared in the vet clinic and they poop all over the floor. They poop on the way home from the vet clinic. Dogs that are at kennels. Dogs that are stressed out over any situation, not just storms and firecrackers. It can manifest itself as diarrhea. Some of the severe issues that we've seen with anxiety and fear Chewing through walls, chewing through kennels. There are some dogs out there that have truly destroyed their kennels out of fear. And then the big one that we worry about is the dogs that run. Another coping mechanism, a big one, a common one, is for dogs to run. Now that one gets dangerous. There are more lost dogs on the 4th of July than any other day of the year. It is a huge day for shelters. Now, in our rural community, our shelters don't fill up because we don't have a lot of shelters. But we do get calls and we see a lot of Facebook posts about lost dogs. I did have one call over the weekend about a lost dog and we had another call Monday. So if you know your dog has an issue, you need to have a plan. You need to watch the weather. If you have a fenced-in backyard every year, make sure you check that fence real good to see that there's no spot that your dog could push through. If you have um, a dog that likes to slip his leash or has kind of a cone-shaped head and neck, kind of like my Rodney, (laughs) where his body is just thicker than his neck and leashes slip off, or collars, excuse me, slip off real easily, maybe consider a harness. Consider a different type of leash that has some kind of identification on. And then the obvious, microchip. You know, have a microchip on your dog. Um, in your dog, not on your dog. It is a a permanent way that your dog can be identified and returned from you. And honestly, the police stations, the vet clinics, they're going to have microchip readers, unless you are really out in the boondocks or your community is living 20 years in the past. It's pretty universal. Every stray dog that we get in, anyone that brings in a new pet and is like, yeah, we found it two weeks ago, we decided to keep it. We're going to check that dog for a chip. We have people come in all the time, just want to check the chip, make sure it's working before they leave for vacation or before their dog goes to stay at their friend's house. So definitely microchipping is an important thing. So what I really want to talk about today is what we're going to do to relieve that fear and anxiety in your pet. They're feeling terror when those fireworks are going off or when that thunderstorm is rolling through. And I realize it's not rational, but that anxiety, that fear... That is just as bad to them as a broken leg or a pain. It'd be cruel to ignore that anxiety. It is so awful to feel that terror. So the first thing you need to do do if you haven't done already is identify the triggers. Now, you probably know this. You probably know the things that set your dog off. But be aware. Look for those little subtle things. Because as a general rule, with each exposure, these dogs get a little more sensitized. They get a little worse. They don't desensitize. There's a way to do that, some behavior modification techniques. But if your dog has a little anxiety regarding a certain situation, like the vacuum cleaner, gets a little anxious, every time you're going to vacuum, 
their dog could get potentially worse and worse and worse. So identify the triggers. If we identify those triggers, we can modify the environment. And that is the easy thing, the easy treatment that we can all do and really should be done for all dogs, whether their noise aversion is minor to severe. So what do I mean by modify the environment? The first one is avoidance. Avoid firecrackers. I told my kids, we can do firecrackers this year, but we're not going to do them at our house. You can do them at the lake. We're going to avoid firecrackers at our house. Or gun. My dog is also gun shy. So yes, you guys can shoot 22. You can shoot trap. We're not going to do it at the house, though. You're going to do it down at the sportsman's club. So avoidance. A second one is have a safe space for my dog. Your dog. The dog. My dog has a safe space, and it happens to be in the house, in my bedroom, on the rug by my bed. So if we know weather's coming, or they are shooting outside, or something's loud, my husband's chopping wood, we just let the dog in the house, and he goes upstairs to his safe space. Now, you may have to help your dog find the safe space. As a general rule, we recommend something in the middle of the house, kind of like a bunker. It could be a walk-in closet. It could be a bathroom with no windows, especially if it's a storm aversion. Try to get in a room that has no windows or minimal windows. The third way to modify the environment is white noise. So it's not going to completely block out a major thunderstorm because there's things like air pressure and, and electricity that dogs can feel. But white noise will help. You can have multiple white noise. You can have a white noise machine. You can have a, a white noise sound that you download off your out of iTunes or something or background noise. You can play soft music if it's calming music. Some dogs respond really well to compression. There is the thunder shirts that a lot of people have heard of. And that's basically a shirt that hugs them tightly. You can also just hold your dog if you have a small dog. Maybe you don't want to hold your dog for 10 hours if you're going to have thunderstorms for 10 hours or even three days, but compression is something to explore. Sometimes just some one-on-one -on -one attention. Dogs just need you. They are needy. They need someone in the family. If you have multiple people in the family, you can take turns sitting with the dog. And while you're sitting with your dog, you can do some one-on-one -on -one positive reinforcement. If you're listening to a thunderstorm and your dog is food motivated and he's not so scared that he won't take a treat. Every time there's a thunder boom, you can give him his favorite treat. You can pet on him, tell him it's going to be okay. If they like things like Kongs or treat puzzles that are food involved time occupiers, offer him one of those. I know this is another one that sounds silly, but read to your dog. You can read out loud to your dog and a lot of dogs really like it. A couple other basic guidelines anytime that your dog has fear or anxiety, whether it's related to loud noises or not, is don't ever scold your pet for being fearful. That's going to reinforce the fear and anxiety. So don't yell at them. Don't tell them they're bad. Try not to even exude that negative energy. And then along those same lines, don't overreact. Just be cool. Be calm. Don't get dramatic. Don't overreact. The next component of treating or dealing with noise aversion in dogs is going to be behavior modification. And this is a little beyond my knowledge, so I'm not going to spend any time on it. I am not a behaviorist. I'm not a dog trainer. I don't have any major experience with that. But know that there are veterinary behaviorists 
all over the United States that you can make an appointment with to discuss behavior modification, either in person or via Skype or Zoom. So if you're interested in seeing a behaviorist, you need to talk to your regular veterinarian. They can refer you. If I'm your veterinarian, you can just call the clinic or throw me an email and I can get you referred. So what I am going to talk about, the third component of noise aversion treatment, is drug intervention. Now, the environmental modifications, they are a must. Drug intervention, there's many different things to consider. So first off, I'm not opposed to drugs and anxiety. I think anxiety is just like pain. You wouldn't let your dog walk around in crippling pain. Why would you let your dog go around with crippling anxiety? So specifically for noise aversion, there is only one FDA-approved drug on the market, and that is Celio. So Celio is a drug that we use orally. You know, your dog isn't supposed to ingest it. It actually absorbs the drug through its mucous membranes in their mouth. The drug is called dexmedetomidine, and there is an injectable preparation. And it's a drug that we use every single day at the vet clinic. It is probably our most widely used sedative. We use it anytime a dog has a laceration. We use it as part of our pre-anesthetic protocol. We use it when we need to sedate dogs for things like pedicures or x-rays. It's a great drug because it can be reversed. Well, it also works orally at a much lower dose for noise aversion. So it comes in a little tube and the tube is marked with dots. That's how they have you dose it. On the package, it says, you know, one dot from this weight to this weight, two dots for this weight to this weight, and then the package gives you instructions on redosing if the number of dots you gave isn't enough. So it's kind of a neat system. It works very good. Um, a tube that is multi-dosed for a medium-sized dog is about 30 bucks, give or take. Now, other options that we have are volume-like drugs. There's a drug called Alprazolam. You maybe know it as Xanax. There is Diazepam, which is Valume. And those are good drugs, but they don't work in every dog. Sometimes they're just not quite strong enough for the severe noise-phobic dogs. Other drugs that we like are Trazodone. We use a lot of Trazodone on really hyper dogs post-surgery or dogs that have fear regarding noises. So Trazodone is actually what I use on my dog, Mac, because I've got some really good environmental modifications that can control his anxiety. The Trazodone is just enough to take the edge off to make him more comfortable. We don't use it every time there is noise, but we definitely use it when there's bad storms. I also tend to use it when I know that the dog is going to be home alone with my kids because the dog is not nearly as comfortable with the kids as he is with me from a point of comfort during a storm situation. I should also mention there are several supplements out there. There's Calming Care by Purina. It's actually a bacteria probiotic, bifidobacterium. It affects the serotonin receptors in the GI tract. It's not meant for dogs that are having isolated or recurrent isolated incidents like with thunderstorms, but it works great for dogs that have chronic anxiety. There's calming chews, there's different pheromones, there's a dog appeasing pheromone that they make in both a spray and a collar. The name brand is Adaptal. So there's definitely other 
non-drug supplements out there. CBD is another one that I don't quite have an opinion on yet. A lot of people are using it. It's known to have some anti-anxiety effects in people. And there is CBD available specifically for pets. I just haven't personally used it in any of my pets. So I do have several patients that owners have chosen to try it. So that is something to think about, but I really can't give a recommendation right now. The verdict is still out. And then there's good old-fashioned Benadryl. We get that one asked a lot. Like, is there something I can do at home that isn't a prescription? You know, you're not going to hurt anything with Benadryl. Now, Benadryl is not anxiolytic, meaning it does not stop anxiety. All it does is make them a little sleepy. And some dogs, it doesn't make them sleepy at all. So if that works for your dog, go for it. But chances are, if your dog has a true noise phobia and true anxiety terror with thunderstorms and firecrackers, Benadryl ain't going to phase it. So don't bother. So if you do decide with your veterinarian that you would like to try some prescription drug interventions, it's going to be a good idea to try them on for size before the big 4th of July party. You can try these drugs to see how your dog responds. They're very much dose dependent. It's like drinking beer. You can drink one beer or you can drink 12 beers. You're going to get a different effect. They're very much dose dependent. And you need to find what dose is appropriate for your dog. Now, most veterinarians are going to start these pets out on kind of an average middle of the road dose with instructions to adjust up and down, but you're not going to know unless you practice them. Now, if you do have a dog that has severe noise phobia and you're watching the weather, these drugs are safe enough. Go ahead and just give them. If the storm doesn't end up being that big of a storm, they're safe drugs. There really aren't a lot of side effects. We wouldn't prescribe them if they weren't safe. Now, if your dog has specific health conditions, heart murmurs, liver disease, kidney disease, we may modify our drug choices, but honestly, most of these drugs are pretty safe for those conditions also. You need to figure that out with your veterinarian. One drug that we do like to avoid that was a common one that we recommended 15 and 20 years ago is a drug called acepromazine. Acepromazine is a tranquilizer. It makes it so the dog can't move or express their anxiety, but inside they're still having that anxiety. So you may sleep better if your dog is aced, but your dog is not necessarily being helped. So we do like to avoid that one. There are some people that still request it because their dog responds well or their previous dog responded well, but just know that that's fallen out of favor. So just to review a few things, I'm just going to review kind of the the treatment plan um, are some major take-home points is number one, identify what causes your dog to have fear and anxiety, which noises are the worst. Number two, don't scold your dog. Don't punish them. Number three, don't overreact. If your dog has anxiety, try to be cool, try to be soothing, try to reinforce positive behavior like you would be doing anyway. Number four, don't force the experience. Do not think that you are just going to get your dog used to gunshots when it's terrified by them by continually shooting off a gun. There is a way to desensitize them and it's a very specific way. And if that's something you choose to do, please don't follow a YouTube video. Actually go and seek guidance from a veterinary behaviorist. That is someone you will have to pay for their services, but it'll be well worth it. 
Number five, do create a safe space. I like to call that the bunker. Number six, provide distraction. Treats, praise, reading the stories to your dog. Treat puzzles, one-on-one attention, music. And then number seven, seek medical advice. Talk with your veterinarian at your annual physical exam. Call and make an appointment. If you think your dog has such severe issues that you'd like to see a behaviorist, let your general practitioner veterinarian know and they can set up a referral for you. So thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm so sorry it's like a week late. I'm so sorry that I'm putting this out after 4th of July 2020. I just couldn't get it all done, but I sure helped hope it helps you if your dog has other noise aversions like thunderstorms, gunfire, wood choppy, vehicle backfiring, all those silly things. So thank you. Have a great day. And oh yes, I almost forgot. If you have questions, comments, non-specific concerns about your dog, I can be reached at examroomrambles at gmail.com or at the Marshall Animal Clinic during regular business hours, 507-537-1537. Or you can visit us at www.marshallanimalclinic.com. Thank you.